3: This is a Look At right here on v The Sports Bank Network, Greg Peterson holding it down for Scott Seidenberg. You just saw him on the nightcap, so we've got some rotation that's going to be going on here. And, hey, for those of you guys that like the Greg Peterson experience on the weekends, well, you pretty much get a taste of it here on The Look At. We're going to be doing a whole lot of college basketball previews for what we're going to be seeing on Tuesday. We've got over 60 games on the betting board, so going to be going through those throughout the show. Obviously, we've got some good NFL and some bowl action that's going to be coming up on Tuesday as well. So, got you guys covered there. So, we're going to be just checking all the boxes at 10.30 p.m. Pacific. If you're out there on the East Coast, that'd be 1.30. Mike Pritchard, he does a great job at the network. you are able to catch him on betting across America on the weekdays. And on the weekends, he does quite a bit of contribution when it comes to our Point Spread Sunday show as well. He's going to be joining me. So, we're going to be recapping everything that we wound up seeing with regards to both of the Monday games, and we're going to be turning it forward as well because that's a big thing. And what we wound up seeing on Monday was, well, more of what we wound up seeing in the NFL just in general this year. Unders, unders, unders. They keep on coming through. You wound up seeing in the second game the Minnesota Vikings be able to get it done against the Chicago Bears by kind of 17-9. I think that when it comes to a non-betting perspective, What we can all take away is that Matt Nagy is probably not going to be coming back as Chicago Bears coach. I mean, boy, this thing has been just a big giant watching me do, for lack of a better term. I mean, this is a Bears team, which you can tell that they're just sliding backwards, 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 and defense continues to be there for this team. This offense cannot get out of their own way, but with that, you now have unders in the NFL hitting at a 55.7% clip for the year. The two results that we wanted seeing on Monday made it 123 unders and 98 overs for the season. So it has been absolutely insane to see. And if you're wondering why we're one short, we also had one push in there as well. But just in terms of what we're going to be seeing in the NFL in general, I think that we're going to be seeing much more of this because if you think that the unders have been running rampant thus far this season, for one, you're right, but we really haven't seen too many snow games yet. And as we know, when you wind up getting the snow, that does cause for couple more unders as well because typically with snow what comes with that as well more or less is wind I mean we wanted to see that in that bills versus the New England Patriots game a few weeks ago but when you wind up having wind, that obviously is the biggest thing when it comes to the under and then you just wind up getting some of these games like I forget who the Colts were playing a few years ago but I mean there was just some epic snow game that was just like a 10 to 3 slobber knocker sort of games and you just wind up getting those from time to time, and right now, when it comes to the NFL as well, when it comes to the games, that we wound up seeing on Monday, and the games that are going to be coming up on Tuesday, that will be hitting on a little bit later, just really tough, to know who's all going to be, in the fold, and out of the fold, I know that on the nightcap, Tim Murray and Scott Seidenberg, they were trying to do their best with keeping everything straight, but it certainly is something in which you've got to be trying to get as much information as possible. Not even just from like an injury perspective or anything like that, just knowing, okay, what needs to happen for this guy to wind up playing? Because there are still going to be quite a few guys that are in question. And this can be something that winds up having a big impact. Now, when it comes to the Vegas Raiders versus the Cleveland Browns game, I really do you think that the COVID situation had a little bit of something to do with this, but even when the line wound up opening with the Cleveland Browns, a little bit of a favorite, I thought that there was a little bit of value when it came to the Raiders because you can talk all you want about the Cleveland Browns quarterback situation, but I mean Baker Mayfield, he has been playing injured all season long, not having Baker Mayfield out there is one of those things in which it's not necessarily the world's worst thing in the world when it comes to the Cleveland Browns at this point, just because I mean, Every time he winds up going out there, you don't know what you're going to be able to get out of him. Now, I do think that he's still obviously a little bit of an upgrade over Nick Mullins, but he played okay. I mean, it's not like Nick Mullins went out there and lit the world on fire, and at the same time, he wasn't Nate Peterman, which, I mean, sometimes that's all you can expect there. Nick Mullins, a guy that obviously wound up seeing some snaps while he was with the San Francisco 49ers, but it was never truly awful. And then from a Las Vegas Raiders perspective, they did a solid job of just being balanced in this game. They ran the ball 25 times. They threw it 38. Maybe you want to see a little bit more balance, but by and large, they were able to do a relatively solid job there. And Derek Carr is just a guy that, for lack of a better term, he gets the job done. I mean, there's really nothing more that could be said there. And when it comes to this Raiders team, I think it's going to be interesting engaging them moving forward because this has been a team that year in and year out when they were under the tutelage of John Gruden, it always felt like they wound up having that november december into very very early january collapse who knows what happens this year with everything that we've seen from the raiders from john gruden getting canned to the whole situation in which you wound up having with henry ruggs this is just a completely different team so this is a team that they've endured a lot they wound up entering into this night having lost five out of their last six games maybe this is something that'll get them kickstarted because this is a team that's still not out of it when it comes to the postseason race and the postseason race it is very, very hairy in both the NFC and the AFC right now. The two teams that really badly needed to win because the Raiders, they very badly needed to win. The, the Browns did as well. No ifs, ands, or buts about that, but I mean, if the Raiders don't wind up winning this one, they are pretty much as good as Toast. Meanwhile, the Browns, they still have a little bit more of an opportunity, in my opinion. They're currently sitting there on the outside looking in at 7-7 seven to seven themselves, but you really needed one for the raiders or else they would have been pretty much only ahead of the jets Texans, and jaguars out there in the afc because darn near everyone else other than those three teams are 500 or better actually they are 500 or better i mean that just tells you how competitive this division there this entire conference, is right now so you've got a whole lot that's going on there and then when it comes to the nfc perspective on things Right now, you've got a Minnesota Vikings team that, let's call it what it is, they're not going to be competing for the division. The Green Bay Packers have that thing sewn up, but when it comes to Minnesota Vikings, they're going to be very intriguing because I'm not necessarily sold on the San Francisco 49ers at this point. They've been able to play some relatively solid football, but they're sitting there at eight and six. Obviously, the Vikings and the Saints are at seven and seven, and I don't think that we're going to be seeing the New Orleans Saints be able to get to the postseason. Very impressive what they were able to do against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but When you've got Taysom Hill at the quarterback spot, I mean, we wound up seeing it. The the team wound up winning the game, but that was really no thanks at all to Taysom Hill at this point. With the New Orleans Saints, I have no idea why they're going with Taysom Hill at this point. It just feels like they're stubbornly trying to make it work. I would personally be probably even trying to go back to Trevor Simeon, Ian Book maybe. I don't know. That's just me, but... I mean, with that said, you've got a Saints team that's sitting there at 7-7, seven and seven. so, I mean, the Minnesota Vikings have now put themselves in relatively good footing there, but when it comes to just everything that we're seeing with regards to these division odds, good news is, really none of them wound up having quantum leaps in this one, I guess you could say that the Cleveland Browns had a ghost of a chance out there in the AFC North, I've been saying it for weeks, that when it comes to the AFC North, the team that I would, would want to bet on the least is the Cleveland Browns, just because of the quarterback situation, and boy, we're going to be seeing a lot of interesting quarterback situations on Tuesday as well. So if you thought that the Nick Mullins situation with the Browns and who they would have starting was something of note, oh boy. Well, we've got a little bit of something for you on Tuesday a little bit later. But when it comes to just these odds to be able to win the division in general, we really don't have a lot of teams that are standing out with regards to ones that I think are necessarily going to be too big of underdogs that are going to be able to sneak up the one that I've really been intrigued by personally has been the AFC South. Obviously you didn't wind up seeing any of these teams in action, but I still take a look at it with everything that we've seen on Monday. And it's still the one long shot that I think has a relatively good opportunity of being able to get there because we have seen the Tennessee Titans team just slide, slide, slide down the board. Everyone was talking about, Oh, can the Tennessee Titans wind up getting the one seed in the division? Well, you take a look at the Indianapolis Colts. They do not own the tiebreaker. So The Indianapolis Colts do need to overcome that. So if these teams wind up ending the regular season with a tie record of, say, 10 and 7, just throwing out there an arbitrary number, it would wind up going to the Tennessee Titans. But there is nothing I've seen from the Tennessee Titans that makes me have faith in them. I sort of put them in the same boat. Of the Cleveland Browns although the Cleveland Browns obviously they have to fight their way into the postseason if the Titans don't wind up making the postseason then something truly horrible has wound up happening with them but think could you could, would you be surprised if something truly horrible winds up happening to the Tennessee Titans at this point from what we've seen I certainly do not think so and when it comes to the Minnesota Vikings as well getting back to them a little bit because we've talked a little bit about their futures but when you take a look at the team and the team itself I would say that they really didn't wind up missing Adam Thielen too much in this game, as crazy as it sounds. Adam Thielen, obviously a very solid wide receiver for this team, but you take a look at the Minnesota Vikings, and what I think is the biggest thing for them, Dalvin Cook. He didn't wind up having any sort of monster game in this one, but just the fact that he was able to go, get out there, he was able to give the team 28 carries. He was able to take the pressure off of Kirk Cousins on a chilly December night. I felt like was very big. And then you obviously still got Justin Jefferson as well. Justin Jefferson has really become the go-to guy for the Minnesota Vikings. And this is a Vikings defense that I've talked about it quite a bit, that the defense itself had really been falling on some tough times. And I'm not going to declare them back just because the Chicago Bears. This is not a good offense at all. It's just completely mismanaged. And Justin Fields, I mean, I will say, you know, actually wound up seeing some relatively good play from him this week. Maybe it was because of a little bit more preparation, but you wound up seeing him be able to go out there. He wound up did a doing a relatively solid job, but it's just a Bears team that in general I cannot wind up getting behind. And it's a Bears team in general that has been one of the best in the under to the under as well. I think that we've been seeing a lot of teams that have been just highly profitable to the under, especially in the NFC North. You take a look at the Green Bay Packers, and though they wound up running off now three state or over three straight overs. They've still played eight unders this season for the Bears. I think that this was actually under number 10 for them this season. So they are 4-10 and 10 both with regards to the record and 4-10 and 10 to the over as well. So they have really been able to do a solid job there. And a big thing that you've got to be taking a look at on Tuesday as well is are we going to be seeing something similar with regards to the NFL I'm going to be taking a look at that throughout this show as we're going to be taking a look at a little bit of everything. We've got some college football. We've got some NFL. We've got some college basketball. Going to be hitting on a little bit of NBA as well. So we've got a whole lot on the next three hours right here on the lookout on v the Sports Bank Network. Welcome back! This segment of The Lookout is brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches. It is a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, and no more batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zinn Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and they are available in 10 varieties like spearmint, wintergreen, citrus, and so many more. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths. So that way, you can easily find the satisfaction level that is perfect for you. Zen, America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning that it's ever been easier to find your Zen. So head over to slash find to locate a store nearest you. That is slash find. Warning this is a product that contains nicotine, and nicotine is an addictive chemical. as We're back here on the look at. It It is myself, Greg Peterson, and we wound up seeing some interesting action in the NFL on Monday. How about if we turn it forward now? Now we've gotten a little bit more used to gauging some of these games that wound up getting postponed, and and we unfortunately got a little more than a little bit of practice with that last season as well. I, I still remember when we wound up having Wednesday afternoon football, which I think that that was the most ridiculous thing ever I don't know what you wind up calling Tuesday night football because with Thursday night football they go TNF do you wind up going TUNIF we're gonna go TUNIF here so we're gonna be looking at both of these games right here as we're gonna start with the Seattle Seahawks and the LA Rams on TUNIF as right now you're finding the Rams a touchdown favorite In a lot of spots you're finding this total at a 45 and a half you're seeing a straight 46 and a half at DraftKings but by and large you're finding a lot of 45 right now in the market and when it comes to this game, it would not shock me if you do wind up seeing the Seattle Seahawks wind up coming out with a very spirited effort because this is a Seattle Seahawks team that you got to feel like they're going to be able to come out and they're going to be fighting because I mean, ever since Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson came to town, this has just been a team that time and time again, they've been a thorn in the side of everyone and they look at it and they've run off two straight wins now that one of those wins was against Houston Texans and that is the Houston Texans. But you take a look at the Rams and they certainly have had some slip-ups and you've got a whole lot of guys that are dealing with COVID-19 as well. I mean, this is a very sticky situation to say the least. And my best advice for just betting on these games, and hopefully you want to take this approach when it came to the Monday ones as well. If you're unsure, don't fire until you are sure because there is a lot of information that... It needs to be taken into account with regards to COVID nineteen and everything like that because I you just got a whole bunch of these guys when it comes to both the Rams and the Seattle Seahawks. Now the good news is it looks like quite a few of these guys are going to be able to play, especially on the side of the Rams like Odell Beckham Jr. There was a little bit of question with him a couple of days ago. He is going to be good to go in this one, so you're able to be rest assured there and. Also, fortunately, you don't have any quarterbacks that are currently on the COVID-19 list. We can't say that for the other game that we're going to be talking about in a few minutes because the quarterback is obviously the biggest piece of the puzzle when it comes down to it. So um, It is something that just makes things very, very fascinating to say the least. But when it comes to the Seattle Seahawks, What I think is going to be so big is can they just get any semblance of a ground game whatsoever to be able to take a little bit of pressure off of Russell Wilson? Because right now they're going with Rashad Penny and they've got Rashad Penny and that's about it. That is not necessarily ideal because Rashad Penny himself has had just so many injury issues, was a first round pick a couple years ago and just has been an injury buster Rooney. I don't want to call him a bus, but he's just a guy that he hasn't been able to stay out there on the field. This is a guy that has a career like, at this point, 200 carries. So it's been really unfortunate because the guy has some talent. He's been able to rack up five yards per carry whenever he's been out there this year. Problem is, he just hasn't been out there much. So you just need any way for him to be able to take the pressure off, especially with Tyler Lockett currently dealing with COVID-19 as well. So that adds a little bit of a wrinkle to the puzzle. And then when it comes to the LA Rams, they did wind up having quite a few guys wind up getting cleared over the weekend. We've seen a few guys wind up returning a couple of, like false positive tests and everything like that. So it makes things all the more fascinating. It looks like you're probably going to be without Tyler Higby. For the LA Rams, that's not necessarily something that's going to be moving the line too much just because you've got Odell Beckham Jr., Cooper Cup, along with Van Jefferson. So you should be in relatively solid shape there. And then when it comes to the defense, Von Miller is most likely going to be out of this game. But really past that, you've got a lot of your normal guys when it comes to the LA Rams. But when it comes to the LA Rams in general, the big thing is this team has just been... Yeah, we say like lackadaisical this season because with Matthew Stafford, we've seen him just firing all cylinders more towards the beginning part of the season, and then he wound up hitting that rut a few weeks ago, so it's one of these things which you just have to ask yourself are we going to be seeing the Matthew Stafford that we've seen the last two weeks in which he's thrown for six touchdowns, no interceptions against the Arizona Cardinals, and Shall we say the Jacksonville Jaguars? Or are you going to see the guy that wound up having two picks against the Titans and the guy that wound up having two picks against the San Francisco 49ers? I think that you wind up seeing something in between. This is really the lone game that I'd be taking a look at towards the over out of these two. In the other game that we're going to be hitting upon in a minute, no shot whatsoever that I'm going to be taking a look at an over. But I mean, out of these four COVID games, I think that this one is going to be the highest scoring because you wind up having the most guys cleared. It seems like this is one in which... Both of these teams are going to be as close to full strength as you can hope to be in a situation like this. So I do think that both of these offenses are going to be able to rise to the test. When it comes to the Rams, I was expecting a little bit more out of this defense. If I lean anyway, I'd be leaning to laying it with the Rams, but I like this total a little bit more than anything else. I'm going to be taking a look at it over personally. And this is something that if you wind up seeing more information come out and when it comes to this information that we've been seeing, doing the Greg Peterson experience on the weekends, we've actually seen some of these things wind up popping up at like 11 p.m pacific time midnight so i mean these are very fluid situations so i'll certainly be keeping you in the loop there but certainly what i'm looking at right now is the over and i'm not going to be firing on these until like the afternoon of the game just because you want to be resting assured that as many eyes are dotted and as many t's are crossed when it comes to all the information that you've got but when it comes to the other game that we've got on the board, well, this one, you've got a few more questions on as you've got the good old Washington football team playing against the Eagles. Right now, the Eagles, in most spots, you're finding them as a six and a half point favorite. This is a total that has come to about a 42 to a 42 and a half, depending on where you shop in. I like this one under... You just have way too many questions when it comes to both of these teams out. The good news is it does look like Jalen hurts. is going to be able to go for the Philadelphia Eagles, which is why currently I lean to the Philadelphia Eagles laying six and a half points. I want to just be sure as much as humanly possible that you are actually going to be seeing he and so many of the playmakers around him actually take the field. But when it comes to the Washington football team, boy, Oh boy, this is a mess of a quarterback situation. I mean, it's certain pretty much that you're not going to be getting taylor heineke in this game so then you wind up looking down the list it looks like there's a good chance that you wind up getting mr Garrett gilbert in this game because kyle allen is not going to be going out there either as we know ryan fitzpatrick wanted playing one game this year he's not going to be coming out there this year but at this point he might be one of the healthiest guys on the roster so i mean man, if if you don't and if you wind up having an injury in game to Garrett gilbert I do not know who the emergency quarterback is. Maybe you just wind up having like Eric Flowers go from the offensive line. You wind up inserting him in there, and you just press your luck there, trying the be William the Refrigerator Perry sort of ordeal like on every single play. Like this is just one of these things where I cannot have any faith whatsoever here in Washington football team. J.D. Bukisa kiss out. Curtis Samuel is out. You're probably going to be starting Garrett Gilbert at quarterback. I mean, man. This is just absolutely terrible, and I've been one to dog the Philadelphia Eagles a lot throughout the year because I don't think that they're really that good of a team, but now you've got Brandon Sheriff who's going to be out as well. You've got a just signed off the street quarterback throwing to a bunch of guys in which it's depleted with regards to these skill sets, and now you've got half the offensive line out as well. How is this team supposed to be able to function? And you still have a Washington football team that they do a relatively solid job with the defense. They wind up being really, shall we say, underachieving towards the beginning part of the season. Even with Chase Young on injured reserve, though, these guys have been able to find it a little bit more. But now you've been dealt with a whole bunch of issues with regards to the depth of this team. And with Jalen Hurts most likely being able to go in this game for the Philadelphia Eagles, you got to feel like he's going to be able to find some holes And I would say that the Philadelphia Eagles have a good shot of being able to get to... I would say 21 in this game. I think that anything above 28 would be a massive shocker, but I do think that the Eagles are going to be able to operate very well in this game. They're dealing with a couple of injuries when it comes to their O line as well, but you still have Devonte Smith along Jalen hurts all of your guys out there in the, in the backfield. And I don't know why they have Boston Scott a little bit more. This is just me speaking aloud here, but when it comes to Boston Scott, I actually like what he's been able to provide for the Philadelphia Eagles. So Hopefully someone listening is taking notes of that and they wind up getting Boston's got the ball a little bit more. And when it comes to the Philadelphia Eagles defense, I ain't mean, darn near everyone is going to be out there as well. You're going to have Josh Sweat along Fletcher Cox, along that offensive line. They're going to be getting after Mr. Garrett Gilbert, it looks like. And boy, I don't see any path to victory right now for the Washington football team. I mean, the most likely case in which the Philadelphia Eagles wind up not covering this game is if neither team winds up getting to 14 points. And I could see that wind up happening because we have seen this Philadelphia Eagles offense be, at times, actually really, really explosive and times look completely lost in the wilderness. So... This is where I really lean to the under, and this is one of which I'd be taking a look at a favorite as well. I feel relatively solid about both of these now that we know that Jalen Hurts is going to be out there. What I feel very solid about as well is that I know that Mike Pritchard is going to be joining me next, does a terrific job at the network, and we're going to be talking some NFL with him right here on The Look At On VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
0: This is The Look Ahead on Vsin, the Sports Betting Network.
3: The college bowl season has kicked off and Beeson has you covered with our all-new bowl betting guide. Get matchup analysis on every game, including insights, trends, data, and predictions for you to be able to make your best bets. Whether you're betting every single game, you're looking for just a few high-value props, or you're just looking to be able to join a few contests, have some fun. The VSIM Bowl Betting Guide has you covered with a little bit of everything. Get your digital copy today for only $19.99. That is at VSIM.com slash guide. No space on bowl Guide. As we are back here on The Look At It is myself, Greg P. Peterson, and we are joined by Mike Pritchard. He does an absolutely terrific job at the network. You're able to catch him Monday through Friday on betting across America. He does also a terrific job on the weekends when it comes to NFL Sundays as well. And Mike, it is great to have you aboard. Thank you so much for joining me.
2: Great to be with you, Greg. How are you, man?
3: I'm doing great. And, well, I would be doing a little bit better if I knew sort of what we were going to be getting out of these games for Tuesday. I feel like when it comes to what we're going to be able to get out of the LA Rams as they're going to be facing off with the Seattle Seahawks, I feel pretty good about both of those two teams. I feel like we know who's going to be in and who's going to be out. I'm not sure about you, but with all the question marks surrounding this Washington football team versus the Philadelphia Eagles game, the only way I can really look is the under just because with Washington, I mean... It looks like Garrett Gilbert is going to be the quarterback, a guy that they just wound up signing off the street. And like half of his offensive line and skill players are out. So I don't recall ever really seeing anything like this other than we wound up, when we wound up seeing the Broncos playing against the Saints last season.
2: You know, it's really crazy. It's unprecedented because even even in preseason, Greg, Um, You know, you got guys trying to make the team, you got guys that, you know, are free agents and look, their chances of making a team are very slim, but at least they have practice time though, right? And and so they usually get a pretty good effort or a pretty good chance to make the team, even though things are pretty basic out there. Uh, You're in the middle of the season. um, The Washington football team's in the middle of a playoff chase, you know, just trying to keep their playoff hopes are down a significant amount of players, quality players, too, not just uh, players on a roster. So I, I evaluate the entire roster, one through 53, uh, and certainly the active rosters, too, and, and just try to gauge how good these guys can be or how good they might be. Uh, and then you throw in the fact of lack of preparation. Uh, and so the most, most parts or most teams uh, nowadays, though, they do walkthroughs anyway. So the preparation standpoint to me is familiarity. You know, Can they call a play? Are they going to have to shuttle guys in and out, telling the quarterback what to do? Stuff like that, which the communication and the headsets and the helmets allow that to happen. So I think the play is going to drop off, and I think it's going to have a great chance for what you just mentioned, You know, cashing towards an under or, or not seeing a quality play, a high-level play that we're accustomed to.
3: Yeah, I'm right there with you. I certainly do think that it is going to be a very bad situation to say the least when it comes to Washington football team and really unfortunate too, because up until what we wound up seeing here, they had been playing actually some relatively solid football. And when it comes to that race for the NFC playoffs, because both of these teams that we're going to be seeing with regards to this Washington versus Philadelphia game, they are very live now when it comes to Rams. If they don't wind up making the postseason, then something has truly went wrong And for the Seattle Seahawks. If they wind up making the postseason, something else has truly went wrong for a lot of other teams. So you don't necessarily have as much there, but I had a big takeaway from the Minnesota Vikings that this defense is starting to come around against the Bears now. It is against the Bears, but if they wind up making the playoffs, I think that there might be a little bit of value on the Vikings just because I feel like Dalvin Cook might be one of the more underrated players in the NFL.
2: Well, you know what? He's really respected, though, to be honest with you. You know, from an underrated standpoint, it's just um, Zimmer, the head coach, and they've underachieved. Like the Vikings should have a better record than what they have right now. And I think a lot of people value them a little higher um, in that regard, I mean, look at the spread that they had today. I mean, uh, and, and they, and they covered that, um, I mean, from a standpoint of, of, of where they were and how they almost lose games and how they, uh, almost, uh, get beat at times because they're just not able to ha- hold on and, and they have been horrible against the spread too. So I, I, I don't know how to gauge Minnesota in terms of betting, uh, because I, I don't think they are capable. Of, of capping off a game in, in a way in which the line would indicate. So I, I don't trust them, uh, to be honest with you. But, you know, they are one of those teams uh, that, that are immensely talented, uh, not well coached at all, uh, and a quarterback that certainly underwhelms at times in big games.
3: Yeah, I'm right there with you. It certainly has been interesting to take a look at this Minnesota Vikings team defensively, just because it does feel like they're turning the corner a little bit, and that always been has been the Zimmer calling card, really up until 2020. So if they're able to get back to that a little bit more, I think that that would be very beneficial to them. But when it comes to the NFC, at this point, we've seen the odds really move in favor of the Green Bay Packers now being the team that is favored in a lot of books to be able to win the Super Bowl and. I think that this is relatively correct. Now, I think that it's really close between they, you're able to throw in there the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you're able to throw in there your top AFC teams like the Kansas City Chiefs. But when I take a look at things right now, I like the current form of the Green Bay Packers. I don't like what I want to seeing on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, obviously, because, well, (laughs) I scored as many points as them on Sunday. But I think that this is going to be one of these cases which if you're looking to bet on futures with regards to some of these favorites, I would really be taking a look at these next, I would say two-ish weeks, because I think that that's really going to be a good barometer, because much like we always hear about with the NBA, with guys and I air quotes here, flipping the switch, going into the postseason, we need to see that with a couple of these defenses, because when it comes to the Green Bay Packers, they have been showing some cracks in their defense in recent weeks with the Buccaneers. Obviously, it looked rock solid against the Saints. They allowed only nine points, but I was also with Taysom Hill at quarterback, but I feel like whoever is able to have their defense step up in the biggest way is going to give them the best chance because with the teams that are towards the top, they all have good quarterbacks, but what is the support on the other side for them?
2: Totally agree with that. Uh, you know, Green Bay is getting healthier too. Bakhtiari at some point is going to come back and, and play for that football team. And then defensively, uh, they're going to get some key players as well. But, uh, you're right. Uh, you know, follow the quarterback, and then you, you know you'll see those teams with the best quarterback take them to the promised sign, which is the Super Bowl. Uh, and we have all the best quarterbacks emerging to the top right now. Uh, Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers, Tampa Bay with Tom Brady, certainly, and then look at Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City, uh, Matthew Stafford even with the Rams. Uh, so follow the quarterbacks uh, and and how they're playing, and then therefore follow the team because I you know those those teams certainly. Uh, are the teams that we'll see at the end of the season in
3: the Super Bowl. Yep, I'm right there with you, and I do think that when it comes to everything that we've seen thus far this week in the NFL, obviously, the week is not ended yet. Typically, you don't wind up saying that on very late Monday <laughs> night slash early Tuesday morning, but was there a – result other than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers scoring zero points because I think it's very fair to say that that was the most shocking one of the week but was there anything else that really surprised you whether it be to the positive or the negative of that team that you had going into it you know Greg
2: Tennessee the Titans um we talked about this uh today on uh, uh betting across America in terms of uh their turnover differential they continue to turn over to football which is uh something that I'm unfamiliar with with the Titans because one of the things that it, has allowed them to be so successful over the last couple of years or few years with Rabel, the head coach is that they protect the football and they take it away. Uh, but 13 giveaways uh, in the last three losses that they've had, I mean, that's, that's horrible football. But yet here they are in a playoff situation and they're injured, uh, Julio Jones gets injured again. And, and so AJ Brown's coming back up. Uh, we'll see what happens with Derrick Henry too. Uh, But this is a team that wants to see the playoffs arrive sooner than later because they're trying to hang on. Uh, If you look at the Colts, the Colts are the opposite. They lead the league in turnover differential uh, and really have a legitimate chance of making the most noise, I think, in the playoffs if they can get their quarterback uh, to raise his level of play as well.
3: I am so glad that you brought that up as well because something I've been talking about the last few weeks is... There might be value on the Colts being able to win the AFC South. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you've got the tiebreaker that currently belongs to the Tennessee Titans as we've got about 90 or so seconds left here. But when it comes to just odds to be able to win the division at plus 550, do you think that there's some value here with the Colts? Because even though the number has went down a little bit, it was 8-1. to one, I still think that there's tremendous value with the Colts, seeing the way that they are playing and the way that the Titans are playing.
2: Absolutely. I I think their last three losses, two of them went to overtime. The other one they lost to Tampa Bay uh, and Tom Brady in the waning minutes of that football game, too. So uh, they're a great outfit. I I think they're built for a championship. It's just the quarterback, Carson Wentz. I know he's new to the team, but he's got to raise his level of play. I'm not looking at stats. I'm not looking at that. What I'm looking at is critical moments in the game in which he needs to raise the level of his play and not be the cause of why they lose And I've seen that too much for Carson Wentz this year so far.
3: Yep, I do agree with you. Carson Wentz seems to be turning the corner a little bit more when it comes to coming through in those big-time situations. But we do need to see a little bit more there. But we always see a lot of Mike Pritchard on the network because Mike always does terrific work. And, my friend, it was great to have you aboard tonight. Thank you so much.
2: Great to be with you, Greg. Have a great
3: night, man. Always good to have Mike Pritchard right here on the look at and coming up next. We've got to look ahead to some college basketball for this Tuesday as we've got over 60 games on the board. So gonna be running through some of those next right here on the look at on Visa's Esports Bang Network.
0: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: This is The Look Ahead on VSN, the sports betting network.
3: We have a new prop tracker now, now available for you on Visa.com for you to be able to keep up with all the key NFL props. Head over to Visa.com to be able to get current odds as well as movement each week to be able to follow the trends and find the best value. You're able to do this for odds to be able to win MVP, Coach of the Year, Rookie of the Year, and so much more. Check out Prop Tracker, betting splits, key trends, and matchup data for every single game now at slash NFLS. It is a look-at right here with myself, Greg e. and holding it down as Scott Seidenberg. You saw him on the nightcap a little bit earlier, did a terrific job there. So glad to be with you guys, and I'll be with you guys all week long. So hopefully you do enjoy it as you're going to get probably a little bit more college basketball than normal. And that's where we're going to be going right now. And our number two, going to be hitting on a little bit of NBA, going to be hitting on a little college basketball and going to be hitting on some bull action throughout the next two hours as well. So we've got a little bit of everything going up. And when it comes to, Just being able to gauge college basketball, there are certain teams that you do want to be betting on, and there are certain teams that you do want to be betting against as well. Sometimes the best bet is a little bit of a fade, so we're going to be doing some... I've actually got a specialty segment in our number two where we're just going to be taking a look at the dregs of college basketball because you're going to be looking at the college basketball betting board, and you're going to be like, what in the world is this with regards to some of these totals, How about if we give you one of these right now? How about if we go... 6.55, 6.56 Six fifty-five, six fifty-six on the betting board. And if you're wondering if you're in some sort of a bizarre world, well, you might be, but we've got Air Force versus Charleston State. When's the last time you wanted seeing an opening total not named without a team named Virginia at 114 and a half? But that is what we've got. As we've got Tarleton, <clears throat> excuse me, as we've got Charlton State, they are finding themselves anywhere between a 6.5 to a 7-point favorite. And your total on this game, you're going to be getting it anywhere between a one thirteen and a half and a one fourteen and a half. It's such a bad game that I'm getting choked up about it right now. So, I mean, it has been just absolutely ridiculous what we've been seeing with regards to the Charlton State team. They've actually slowed down some of the better teams in all of college basketball. You may recall, with about 10 minutes left in their game against Gonzaga, that they were actually tied in that game. This team has just been playing such a slow, grimy, yucky style. And then you've got an Air Force team that if you take a look at them over the last three years, you've got one of the worst teams at being able to rebound the ball in all of college basketball. So it's sort of a misery loves company sort of ordeal. As right now, when you take a look at slowest teams in all of college basketball, Tarleton State, well, they're towards the top of it. Out of 358 D1 teams, they are 343rd with regards to possessions per game. And Air Force is worse at 349. So, if you are wondering why in the world is this total set so low, that is why. Now, when you wind up having a spread like this, it's really tough, in my opinion, to be taking this low of totals. Because if you wind up seeing a 6, 7, something like that point game with a minute left to go, you know what happens. Fouls. And we have seen so many totals wind up going over with regards to fells. look no further than gosh i have to bring it up the saint thomas game that we wound up seeing on monday they were playing against Omaha. for those of you guys that wanted to take in the tommies it turned out to be a little bit more of a sweat than you wound up bargaining for as they were up literally 42 to 13 and very nearly blew a 29 point lead that's just absolutely insane but when it comes down to it with regards to these low totals it's just so hard to be able to take one of them because Let's say that the game is we're going to throw out here an arbitrary number here, 55 to 45 with a minute left to go. You've got a total here, like we said, anywhere between 113 and a half and 114 and a half. You can easily get 15 points in the final minute when it comes to late game falling. In the game that I just wanted to mention, St. Thomas versus Omaha, you want to see 16 points in the final 35 seconds. So it's something that it can happen. It will happen from time to time this college basketball season, which makes me really lean a little bit more to an over in this spot, and when it comes out to it, this is a Charlton State team that is not good on offense whatsoever, and the best player on the floor is going to be A.J. Walker. A.J. Walker is a guy that is able to give Air Force right around 18 points per game. He's been shooting over 45% from three-point range, so... Had some redeeming qualities there. Now down low, neither of these teams, quite frankly, are very good. You've got a Charleston State team that is led by Taj Small. He comes up quite big for the team. He's been able to give them right around 13 points per game, six and a half rebounds, solid three-point shooter. But then you take a look at Air Force, and Ethan Taylor has actually been doing a solid job for the team. He's been able to give the team right around five and a half rebounds per game. So I do think that he's going to be a big part of this game. He's also been giving up right around three and a half assists per game. The big thing is, Can Air Force cut down on the turnovers? Air Force has been committing a little bit over 15 turnovers per game this season. Meanwhile, Carlton State, one of their specialties is being able to get some turnovers. This is a team that they generate right around nine to 10 steals per game, depending on if you use... All information or just games against D1 teams, that is always a little bit of a moniker because there are some sites that they wind up lumping them all together. There are some sites that they only wind up putting in their games against D1 competition, but what I think is going to keep Air Force live in this game, they shoot right around 36% from three-point ratio. The 65% free throw shooting is not great. Tarleton State, they're a little bit better. They're just a shade above 70%, but when you wind up getting to this low of a total, I think that's really tough. And just to show you guys, how strange this is, I mean, I certainly thought that I was going to be in on the under in this game before I wound up seeing this come out because I wound up shooting out a total myself of 116. So it's not one of these cases in which it's like, oh, these bookmakers are way off. It's going to be like in 75 to 70 sort of game or anything like that. No, sir, this is going to be a game of which if you take the old mentality of "I, I have to watch a game in order to be able to bet on it. Well, this is one that you might wind up skipping because if you don't like defensive basketball and you don't like games being pretty much played into a cloud of dust, this is not the game for you. If you're someone that loves to see team struggle, if you love shot clock violations, I've just found you your game right here. So, I mean, this is a case in which I'm going to be taking a look at the overhand. Well, Charleston State say to wind up making them a five-point favorite, so I'm going to be taking a look at the points in this spot. We wound up leading off with, shall we say, a not-so-stellar college basketball game, so are going to give you something that's a little bit more more marquee. And unfortunately, we did wind up having a couple canceled games. I'll just throw these out here right now for you. Do not waste your time handicapping Cleveland State, Kent State, North Texas, Tulsa, Colorado State, Alabama, UT Martin versus Ohio State, UC Irvine versus Buffalo, it looks like is now postponed as well, Evansville, SMU, USC, Oklahoma State, Cornell, Syracuse, UT Martin versus Kent State, which I don't think wound up coming up onto the board anyway. New Hampshire versus VCU Niagara versus Binghamton along with Alabama state versus Memphis, UMass Lowell versus Long Island. You've also got North Florida versus Florida state and Houston Baptist versus Florida international. Those games right there, they are either postponed or canceled those, what I just listed off in the last 30 seconds that should save you several minutes right there. You do not have a bet on these games. So do not waste your time with them. So instead you wind up going to Oakland versus Michigan State. 649, 650 on the betting board. You've right now got Oakland finding themselves as a relatively sizable underdog. You do want to note that this is actually going to be a neutral court game, though you are going to be finding Oakland listed as the bottom team. They are not the home team. I always think that and it's something very important when it comes to college basketball as well. This is going to be taking place at Little Caesars Arena. As right now, Michigan State has settled in as an 11-point favorite. And your total on this game, you're going to be getting it anywhere between a 140.5 and a 141. And if you haven't seen Oakland this season, they're an intriguing team because they shoot 26% from three-point range. And yet, they've got a very good offense. That's because Jamal Kane is able to give this team a very good offense. 21 and a half points and 10 and a rebounds per game. They are also headlined by someone that led all of college basketball in terms of assists per game, in Jalen Moore, he's been able to give you more. He's been able to give the team nearly seven assists per game. Now, you do take a look at Michigan State, they should have a collective about 38 half percent for three point range. They have been rock solid with that aspect. I feel like a lot of people wound up being quite sour on them after they wound up losing that Champions Classic game against Kansas. But really, ever since then, they have been able to find their footing a little bit more. The big thing for them, turnovers. This is a Michigan State team that they commit over 14 turnovers per game. The question becomes, are they going to be able to protect a ball against an Oakland team that has actually had a little bit of a defensive renaissance? I still remember two seasons ago, going into the new year, Oakland was literally dead last in all of college basketball when it comes to Turnover, or when it comes to points allowed on a per possession basis. This year, they have been significantly better on that aspect. Heck, they wound up holding down Oklahoma State to fewer than 65 points in their win earlier this season. But when it comes to this Oakland team as well, I think that they've got a good chance of being able to own the paint in this one. Micah Parrish, Trey Townsend, these guys combined for 13 rebounds per game. I do like what they're able to bring to the table for the team and they also hit their free throws. They shoot 77.5% at the free throw line. This is a Michigan State team that they themselves are very good with regards to being able to shoot. Marcus Bingham Jr. is able to give you three blocks per game. You've been able to see someone like Gabe Brown be able to step up. He's been able to give the team 13.5 points per game so I do think that this is a Michigan State team that is going to be able to find a way to score against an Oakland team that has been playing a little bit more slow and I think that this is going to be a game that winds up landing single digits I personally set set my line at six on this game so I'm going to be taking a look at Oakland being able to catch double digits here when it comes out to this total I do think that you wind up getting a little bit of late game following that might total at 145 so we're going to be going over you're going to be getting a whole lot more college basketball in the second hour along with a little bit of NBA as well so one hour in the books right here on the look at and we start hour two next right here on v the Sports Bank Network This is v
0: Zumo Play.